Again. Welcome to the Let's See podcast. I am here today with Jessica Lee, one of my favorite people, and you're very soon going to figure out why. She is a fellow teacher and just one of the most um, intelligent, witty, insightful people I've ever been around, and I'm very glad to have her here. Jessica, welcome to the Let's See podcast. Thank you. I feel like no pressure now. No pressure. <laughs> <Just> whatever. <laughs> it's what I it mean, is. You have to be the most scintillating yes. person that's ever been on this podcast. <laughs> yes. And that's a tall order. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. Um, we're going to obviously cover a lot of ground, but one of the first things I like to talk about is just how we met. Oh man. What our story is. And, uh, I'd like to hear your version of this first, and I'll just kind of weigh in. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Take it away. I remember you and our dear friend, Elizabeth, yeah. joining our ranks at the local high school. I don't know if you're actually name dropping. Absolutely. Okay. I will say, let's yeah. just go ahead and tell, I'm just going to yeah. rip the band-aid off. It's total vulnerability. Like, yeah. Say it all. Okay. Go for it. All right. So when we were starting at Myers Park High School Indeed. in Charlotte, North Carolina. What, what? Oh, just student population of 3,800 more more kids than are in some towns in North Carolina. It's manageable. We Mm -hmm. do it very well. I just remember thinking you were the coolest. Wow. Like, she has these posters in her classroom, and they're all, like, artsy-fartsy, like, actual intellectual posters. And it reminded me of, like, when I first read The Fault in Our Stars, and she has, like, this is not a cigarette shirt on or whatever it is and I remember being like oh my god this is intellectualism (laughs) and so I walked into her classroom and she had just put all like she has a whole wall of posters and I went oh my god okay and then her friend Emil had painted her bulletin boards and you would have thought (laughs) that this was like the Louvre coming into this building like I was like this is culture this is an aesthetic this is life finally we have class in this building, finally. Oh, my gosh. And so I just made it my mission in life to befriend them because uh-huh. I was just so enthralled. And then you guys came in right before, like, the pandemic, right? Or was yeah, it yeah, the yeah. year? But did you have a normal year? No, we didn't even get one normal yeah. year. Yeah. But I was also so thrilled to, like, be somebody who knew what the heck was going on 100%. in a school building because yes. I had just come to the school like three years prior. Okay, and it is so big and yeah. so overwhelming, and there are so much, so many things to keep in mind with it that it does take you years before you're going. Like, oh, this is how this functions. Absolutely, yeah. And so I was just so thrilled to finally to have a purpose one. and be like, well, you sure are. Oh my God, you need help with your gray book? Yeah, I can do that. And mm-hmm. I actually did know what the yeah. heck I was doing. And then because I thought you guys were so smart and so cultured and so classy that when you would mess up, I would be like a protective mama bear and be like, yeah. no, I, no, we need to protect guys. This is our one shot at being classy. <laughs> we cannot... They're just French. They're French guys. Like protect you can't, the talent. right. You got to protect the talent always. And oh so God. I was just thrilled <laughs> to be in your presence. And then when school started, when I tell you it was like the Pope had come to visit, <laughs> kids would stop dead in their tracks. And like, mind you, I can't remember a kid's name the year after I teach them. Like once they leave my roster, 
I kind of sort of recognize their face, but like it's my brain goes through a complete rewash. <laughs> Katie would literally see a kid like fi- 50 yards away and be like, oh my God, is that Bitsy Thompson? And like, you had last seen that child like four years prior and would just know them and start chatting with them. And I was like, this is okay. Okay. All right. We haven't had this in this hallway around these parts in this lawless land. And so I was just like, oh, it just confirmed everything. So I was like, see, my instincts are spot on. Culture and class right here. She knows Bitsy. Well, the reason, I mean, I'm laughing for a lot of reasons because it's hilarious. And I, I mean, that coming to Myers Park, for me, the experience feels so opposite. <laughs> so it's just to hear your version of it, which we've never talked about no. this before. I've never heard you describe that <laughs> as your first impression. So I really am dying over here. But my initial impression was, of course, I'm coming in. I am, you know, not like paralyzingly intimidated, but it was just like, yeah, I didn't know what was what. Right. I didn't know what was going on. And I just sort of was cool to stay in my lane and figure this out and all that. But when I, my very first like real impression of you and maybe I, I remember just immediately knowing like you were the one who knew everything. You mm-hmm. were the one running, th- like you just had this, I am the sum of all wisdom vibe without being arrogant. Somehow you were doing that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, well, she's everything. But because of that, I was so horrified mm. when in our PLC meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you that buckle don't know, up, folks, buckle up. For those of you that don't know, PLC stands for Professional Learning Community. Um, so I was an 11th grade teacher. She is, an, so we both teach 11th grade English. So we're in the same professional learning community, right? So we get together with the other teachers who teach the same content and like share resources and whatever. And Jess here is of course like head of that PLC and we get together. And I think it was like one of our first yeah. meetings. It was early September. It was very early on. Mm-hmm. I had not, in my mind, I come to learn, I had made an impression. Yes. But I thought at this point, I was very much just like a neutral force in everyone's lives. Right. Like I didn't have, I had not had an opportunity to like make a name for myself either way, good or bad, but just, I was just a neutral at this point. And, um, one of the members of our professional learning community was a parent of a child I had taught several years prior. Yes. And just so everyone knows, I used to teach eighth grade (laughs) uh, honors language arts. And one of my favorite books to teach is To Kill a Mockingbird. And I would teach these different motifs throughout the novel. And they got to track one of the motifs as we read and then write a paper about it. And it had become sort of this legendary paper because mm-hmm. I graded it. These were all honors kids who had never really experienced much, you know, uh, I don't know. I, not to say they hadn't been challenged because they certainly had, but they were had, used to getting A's for turning it in. Yeah. A's for their work because they were so truly above and beyond right. their, you know, the common eighth grade mind and so anyway for this one paper I would really challenge them and 
I didn't give them no credit for trying. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, you had to earn the points. So, um, the, you know, the degree to which they were analytical in every paragraph was graded separately. I put copious notes on there. I mean, my, my handwriting just covered their papers. I were still turning it in like a physical copy and I was like covering it in notes and whatever. And then I took off a point for every grammatical error, five points for every first and second person pronoun. And some kids were getting like grades in the teens. Yeah. And it'd become this whole thing where the kids were new about this paper. And it was like, not a joke, but it was just like this running. Well, right. Passage. Yeah. Probably. You know, yeah, like you're going to be in rights class and she's right. going to give you this paper and you're right. going to hate everything about it. Yeah. And Welcome. then nobody like, and it was just, I knew, and I had prepared them for this. Like, I didn't even barely put the thing in the grade book. I mean, I did, but it wasn't weighted heavily or whatever. Anyway, all these kids were like years and years later. I've had students come up mm-hmm. to me and been like, I mean, you like rocked my world with that to kill a mockingbird paper. They remember it, but they're like, that's how I learned to write. Yeah. That was what I, you know, so I felt like it was supported. All right. I, I felt like I knew what I was doing. All right. Now, sorry for that long aside, but I feel like it was necessary because yes. here we are sitting in this room. Yeah. And you're, no. In, yeah, my old classroom. In your old classroom. Yeah. Windowless. Windowless box. Uh-huh. On the interior of this building with basically no AC. Yeah. Yep. We're trapped like rats. Uh-huh. And, uh, which is real fun after COVID, but mm-hmm. I digress. So we are sitting there and one of the, members of our PLC, she's an English teacher, begins unprovoked yeah. to yell at me. Yeah, she berated you. Out of nowhere mm-hmm. saying, you gave my daughter a fucking 50. Yeah. A fucking 50 mm-hmm. on her paper. You destroyed her love of English. She, you destroyed, and I was like, oh shit. And yeah. I was so brand new, all these, and I was like, the other two people, you yeah. and sweet Carolyn Drake, were in yeah. that classroom. And I was like, I really didn't care too much about the one person who was yelling at me. Right. Only because it was so erratic. Yeah. And so you know, it felt sort of like, and I knew, I knew I hadn't just, you know, like I was comfortable with my legacy as making people love English, not hate it. So I was like, right. okay, I'm okay. But I was so embarrassed yeah. in front of y'all. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, for the listeners at home, the meeting was over. True. And we were like, so Katie and this other coworker are up in the front of my classroom. Like they're on a stage because Katie is trying to walk out of the door. Yeah. And then Carolyn and I are seated in the back at opposite ends of the room. So it literally looks like some kind of dystopian play. (laughs) And Carolyn and I are just looking at each other and going like, what is happening? This yeah. and so Carolyn, I'm speechless, which very rarely happens. But Carolyn just goes, "Okay, I think we're good now. I think I think we should leave now." I I as she's continuing to sit there because she has nowhere else to go because her room's being used because we're on right. planning. And yeah. eventually, the other coworker just stepped out of your way because I believe she physically blocked the door. Yeah, like she stepped in front of the uh-huh. doorway. You were a trapped rat. Yeah. In a windowless box. In a windowless box. So I left that room um, later on that afternoon. Yeah. You called me. Yes, I did. You got my number from Michelle Richards. I did. And you called me and you just apologized on behalf of 
the whole situation of and mankind just, honestly yeah. i'm and sorry just, on behalf of humanity you just let me know it wasn't okay and truly that was sort of for me the beginning of our friendship yeah because i felt like i didn't know how i was perceived in that room and felt right. so vulnerable you know just exposed and embarrassed and you called me and made that effort to just be like no well, it's also clear. one of those things where when it's happening in real time, yeah, you freeze. Right. You know, to witness that level of unprofessionalism, you're just going, this isn't real. This right. isn't. And it's one of those jarring moments, too, like where I was looking around being like, okay, an adult needs to step in here. Right, and right. then and I realized, like, I was like, I'm the adult. I like, am. I am an yeah. adult. I step in here. Totally. As I, like, look to Carolyn Drake as my mother being like, Mom, right. what was happening the kids here? are fighting. Come yeah. on. But it is one of those weird where you're, when those boundaries are crossed, yeah. you are just left kind of reeling from it. Totally. Because it is just certainly upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just kept saying, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. Right. But I will say, um, fast forward, you certainly didn't make that mistake again because then oh, another time when our relationship took oh. a real turn. Did you write you about the bar? Up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, we were out celebrating a friend's birthday and uh, this one drunken girl yes. came up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I heard you and your boyfriend broke up. Good. I didn't ever liked him anyway. You're so much better than him. Blah, 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 blah. And really, I barely knew this girl. Right. She didn't know anything about anything. No. She was completely just, you know, saying what she thought was the thing a girl says to another girl in a right. bar who's going through a breakup. Yeah. You know, it was, and I mean, not to throw her under the bus. I'm sure she's lovely. I don't really know her, but it was very just annoying. Right. Meanwhile, you're standing there and you don't know her either. No. You did not know this girl. No. And you just go, stop it. Yeah. Stop it right now. What she needs is our support. Yeah. And she doesn't need to hear this right now. Stop it. Right. And then good old this girl, I won't say her name. That's pretty messed up. But she was like, no, I'm just saying. And you're like, no, I don't care what you were just saying. Yeah. Stop. Put a stop to it right now. And I was like, oh my gosh. I know. You got to put a pin in it sometimes. You got to put a pin in it. And you did that. And like, I'm telling you that those two moments yeah. really stick out to me as like little things along the way that got us to this point now where I'm like, I mean, just as my ride or die, like I, I'm there. I, I, I know. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. Because like, that's what I'm saying. I did not. Yeah. You, you came in for uh, like in the clutch twice and <laughs> it, it really made a big difference. That's growth, baby. That's growth right there. So, okay. Let's fast forward. Yes. I'm moving to Amsterdam. Yeah, you are. Uh-huh. And I hate you for it. <laughs> and I tried to recruit you to come. I know. And I texted you from the streets of Amsterdam. I actually sent, sent me all the pictures. Picture one sent me apartments. Yeah. I yeah. like took a picture, pointed to this one place, yeah. circled it, I think. Yeah. And said, we're going to live here. And I said, oh, shit, this is serious. She marked up a photo. I did. She and then said, edit. I did. I hit that edit button. <laughs> Mark <laughs> it up, baby. Mark it up. And I said, we're going to live here. And you said, great. Like you were like, Cool. I'm looking at teacher jobs right now. And I was like, I think I can get my act together in the next couple months. Yeah. And we can move here by this date. And you texted me back. I'll never forget it. Yeah. I'm going to need the school year, ma'am. Yes. I'm going to need the school year. Yeah. Apparently I did not. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk about the difference <laughs> in you and me in this moment because am I just, was it just because I was there and I have all these other superfluous reasons for going? You're just such a responsible person and I am doing this very irresponsible, quote, quote, air quotes around the word irresponsible yeah. thing. Talk to me. My interpretation is a little bit different. Okay. Just because I think you have a more adventurous spirit. Mm. You've gone out before and you've started your own business. You've worked outside of education. You have taught abroad, right? Like you have all these worldly experiences and I don't think you get frozen by the what ifs because you don't have that kind of instinct to like hypermanage, over plan, work out every detail mm -hmm. the way that my brain functions. And so I think that that sense of responsibility that can be so handy in someone that you love also can have the ability to paralyze you in, mm -hmm. a, in a way and force you into like this place of stasis where you're not moving forward because of all the what ifs. And mm -hmm. at a certain point, you know this better than anyone, you've got to rip the bandaid and just go and yeah. life will figure itself out. Right. And an alarming fashion, right. Of you cannot account for every single possible thing. Right. That's going to happen. And I and so I don't think like life intimidates you and daunts you as much as it does other people. And I think that's a noble quality. Hmm. Well, I really appreciate that spin on it. But I'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> ah, um these things that you talked about being handy, like your ability to think through things and right. be so detail oriented. I mean, really since I've gotten to know you, I've always thought because I am sort of always scheming for mm -hmm. a new business to start or a new adventure to take or whatever that you would be the perfect person to start a business with. Like you would be very much a yin to my yang in yeah. that way because I, I see that. So, I mean, guys, this is like truly the most organized person and most like, productive person mm -hmm. uh you're so <laughs> the output yeah the sheer output is is astounding and not only a lot of times when people have this level of output it is not meticulously done right one or the other happens and for you it's no you don't compromise on either like the ax either axis like it is Except when I forget to paste two paragraphs. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Side note, the other Oops. day, I was like, listen, Jess, I really don't understand this question we're supposed to ask the kids. Like, it doesn't make any sense. There is no call to action in and this And the thing essay. is, I was like, I don't either, but I just made something up and, like, Told here's kind whatever. of what like, we really? did. You're both just like, this isn't good. This and I was like, yeah, let me, doesn't make sense. let me look back at this original lesson. And then I looked at Katie during planning and I went, Holy fucking shit. I forgot to copy and paste the last two paragraphs of the actual article. With the subheading. With the subheading, so what can I do? <laughs> the subheading was, so what can I do? Yeah, that would be the cue that this is the call to and action I said, we were oh, looking for. Yeah. Paragraphs 23 and 24 there are muy importante. Muy. Oops. Muy importante. Ja, 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 ja. Ja, ja, ja. Yeah, no, that is, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, So 
Yes. I mean, despite very, very rare little oversights like that, your productivity and the meticulousness, is that a word, with which you produce all this stuff is astounding. So I don't know. I mean, I appreciate like what you said. I'm this person with a, who's not hesitant to take risk or something. Uh, That's a summary or a paraphrase of what you said. But like, is there any part of you that does kind of think I've gone about this the wrong way? Like, I mean, I am walking out on kids in the, in a sense. And I just, I don't know, like you would be the person to speak to that more than anyone almost. I think what's so important, especially in our field to remember is that students thrive and they progress when they see us at our best. You know what I mean? No one is being inspired or connecting with the teacher who's burnt out and is just throwing out work to collect a paycheck. Yeah. Right. So when I think about like, but what about the kids? First of all, these kids are so desensitized Mm -hmm. to teachers leaving the classroom, especially at this level they're going to be fine. It's happened to them before. It'll happen Mm -hmm. to them again. They have maybe too good of a work-life balance at this point in terms of the level to which they feel apathy towards the entire system and it's kind of broken nature. They see more than any other generation has ever seen and thought about with the failings of the school system. And so I think what better inspiration, what better role model Mm -hmm. for students than to see someone strike out and try to do something that fulfills them and they're passionate about and engages them. Yeah. Right. I mean, isn't that what we try to get them to do? And we always preach about like, you need to go to college, you need Mm -hmm. to go to college and don't really have an end goal with that. Right. If it's supposed to be about exploring and reflecting and learning and growth and progression, Mm -hmm. what better model to put in front of them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the reality is the kids will be fine. They will be. You know. Yeah. No, that's. We love to romanticize our profession Mm -hmm. and say, like, we are making this difference. And we do. I mean, we all have, like, the long-lasting connections with certain students. But for a lot of them, I mean, this is their semblance of a job. They clock in at the beginning of the block and they're clocking out at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And the most that you can really try to do is just not traumatize them. Right. In between. Yeah. But it's one of those, my co- one of my college professors told me this when we were going into like the teaching program. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is a job that's going to take everything that you give it. So you have to be intentional and not mm. give it everything. That's so true. Which is, I mean, it's a bottomless pit. It's a bottomless pit. It is an absolute bottomless pit. And so that ability to set boundaries and say, I'm not giving it this. Yeah. Okay. I've never heard it said that way. Right. It was so powerful. Yeah. And even as a 21 year old kid who knew Jack about Jack. Yeah. I was sitting in the back of the being like, okay, like that. That's wise. I'm not going to be able to do that for a really long time. Right. But it is so true. No, it's so true. And it isn't, it isn't true of every profession. I mean, it will take everything you are willing to get. Like, yeah. Yes. It's like the more you give, the further away the finish line yeah. kind of looks in terms of... Yeah, it's the shining hallway. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when I hit resign the other day, mm-hmm. um, day before yesterday, when I hit that button, 
it was so odd because another thing, and I know everyone does experience this to some degree with their profession, but like being a teacher is a very distinct identifier. Right. It, it really speak because clearly we're not just doing it as a job. Mm-hmm. It is not a financially savvy, you know, decision. So mm-hmm. there's more to it. There's a, the whole other paycheck that we get because of our emotional connection and belief that we're doing something that's right. meaningful and la da da. Um, and so like ending that tie to my identity in a way mm-hmm. was very emotional. Yeah. I mean, I, and also just realizing how the years have passed and how many years I've given to it. Right. And I don't regret any of them. And that's yeah. one thing that I'm so happy with is like, I now look back and I'm like, no, I wouldn't change that. I'm right. not angry with myself for not doing this sooner. Right. I'm actually just so excited about right doing this now yeah and you know I think um the years that I've spent in the classroom like if I if I do in fact move back to America and whatever I think right a wonderful like my dream job would be to help you know to be on the PR team for teaching Mm -hmm. like the United States government needs to create a PR team yeah for the teaching profession. You could have just stopped at PR team. Right. I mean, <laughs> like we just, <laughs> true, true. Um, but like we need PR. For, yeah. I mean, there's fewer teachers now than ever. Mm-hmm. So few kids going back, going into teaching programs in college. And I think I have so many great things to say yeah. about it. I really have loved it, but I'm not leaving it because I don't love it. So yeah, everything you just said, I really, yeah, and I, I'm not a person who's known for boundaries. Right. I don't, you know, that's not my strong suit. Right. Yeah, drawing well, lines. Well, this job tries to erode any boundaries that you do have. Absolutely. You know, I mean, if you try to enforce some boundaries, you then become this kind of label of they're not dedicated enough. Yeah. Right, and this job is so, I think, unique in its ability to be your identifier totally in a way that other jobs aren't and so even when I've thought about leaving mm-hmm. I don't know how to do just a job if yeah. that makes sense yeah. right like I don't know like right. that seems so unfulfilling and empty to me yeah to just okay I log on to this and I help these people and then I log off and I can like it sounds beautiful right. sounds liberating and wonderful but I can't envision myself doing it. Right. It just seems too small. Right. And it's like, who are you right. doing that? I right. mean, it's never a straight line between the job and the paycheck. Right. Me. It's like one. Yes, I realize they are correlated. Right. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but me standing in front of that classroom does not translate in my mind to the money I'm getting at the right. end of every month. Like yeah. they're just the. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know if that's like cognitive dissonance or something or just me being stupid, but truly they're not, you know, connected in that way. Yeah. Um, All right, well, let's get into a little bit more of just (laughs) the (laughs) corner of the hallway in which you stand where you are really just putting on a comedy show basically every day of your life. Yep. Um, free stand up. Yeah. Just with just the least willing audience you've ever seen in your life. Absolutely. Lives. The least willing audience. Yeah. How about that girl I told was beautiful the other day? Oh, I mean, if looks could kill the hallways would have been running red. I mean, 
she hated you. She hated me. She hated you, everyone. Yeah. You complimented her and she said you're made of weak things. And Basically. she walked by and yeah. said, no, yeah. I don't talk to garbage. And we went, okay, okay. valid. Right. I mean, she Honestly. didn't say any of these things, yeah. but she did. Yeah. Her eyes did. Yeah. It was primal. Yeah. She was beautiful. The animal came, Yeah. She knew. She definitely knew. She knew. That sort of. Uh, she was know, a walking filter. Hatred. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And she was like, mm, these people have their front facing cameras on and are looking Oof, down. Right. I'm mm. not dealing I with don't them. Need to, don't talk to them. Mm-mm. No, absolutely. We don't acknowledge that. <laughs> and I said, I don't like this, but I respect it. <laughs> um, all right. So. Like one of my favorite things to talk to you about is, or when one of my favorite things that you do is when you do get sort of animated about something that really bothers you. Oh, there's oh. a long list. I know. I <laughs> I feel what I feel. I shut down and then I explode, and it's always over the uh-huh. smallest, most innocuous things in the world. Of course, like a kid could be literally smoking weed right next to me in the bathroom. Don't care. Right. Not acknowledging it. Uh huh. You send me an email at 646 with something I have to do at 12 that day, losing my mind. Losing it. Losing my mind because you did not plan properly and now I am having to compensate for this. Yeah. That is your, yeah, that's your thing. That is my thing. I will go out. You send me a Google Doc and it says I need to request access. Get out of here. Get out. You're dead to me. You can't tell me anything. And it's always our administrators that do this. And I'm like, don't you dare evaluate me this year. Right. You give me all distinguished and you walk away. You don't even look me in the eye when you come on this floor. If you're sending me a Google Doc and it says access denied, I'm pressing request access. And I'm sending you an email. I would love to help you. I'd love to vote on this, but I can't access the document. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm, How about mm-hmm. that? And they're going to rate me on my technology use? I think not. <laughs> I'll come to that post-conference with emails printed out. Oh, Because that's the way that they want things uh-huh. on paper. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stupid uh-huh. document. Request for absence forms. Yeah. Paper. That, yeah, That right. burns my butter. As it should. It's ridiculous. You fill it out online, and then they need a paper copy. Yeah. Why? 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 Save the trees. Um, all right, so you I also no, I'm going to interrupt you because Please. I want to talk about the differences of our notes preparation because I feel like this encapsulates <laughs> everything. Katie's is like sparse. There are arrows. There are some squiggles. It's like words and phrases. Mine is full on bullet points, complete <laughs> sentences, multi-point, like broken up. It's practically a formal outline of a <laughs> AP history textbook. I almost had to go to the back of the page and she's like, oh, I'm just going to draw a sunflower in the corner because life is happy. Yeah, I'm an abstract thinker. Yeah. Yeah. It could not encapsulate the differences more here. It's true. It's true. This is, this um, is what you're getting. And, I, you know, the thing is that it's it's strange because it's always surprising to me when people with your personality type mm-hmm. um, can tolerate me because I do I I have noticed this throughout my life like um I imagine being you I would be like a constant affront to everything you hold dear Mm -mm. it doesn't feel that way it's like magnets right opposites attract but when I encounter another type a person Uh hackles are up okay I'm bristled I'm bothered okay 
Okay, that's why this works. Because you see, you're, and you're just like, God, you're overbearing. I see. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares if the font isn't consistent? Right. This doesn't matter. Sure. But that would be, I yeah. wouldn't really call anybody out for it. I just fix it. Right, of course. But just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my MO. But there are the type A people that call it out. No, mm-hmm. those aren't my people. All right. Well, so this leads me to one of the things you've said once that really intrigued me. Oh, God. And that is that people who have interest or quirks and make them their entire personality. Yeah. It's like your biggest pet peeve. Can you yeah. please elaborate on that? I just, well, I have so many things. I also have fallen victim to this. Okay. And I think we all do in some way. And I think even the teaching profession encourages us to like fulfill these archetypes. Sure. Right. Of like, I need to be the cool teacher. I need to be this teacher. I need to be that. And we become like this microcosm of the high school subset and all those stereotypes that exist. Yes. And I think that they function also like on a societal level as well. But people will just literally take something that they enjoy or their hobby and revolve their entire personality about it. I mean, it's everything that they bring up in conversation. It's every meme that they share. It's just every, and I used to be this way with sloths. Okay. (laughs) I did this. I did. Like, I love them. I'm sure I like was copying off the Kristen Bell on Ellen. I'm sure that's what I saw. And I went, I can that's do, like, that's me. That's I, me. I, I can feel do a kinship. And when I tell you, like, I like slaws, <laughs> but like, I literally made it my entire personality. I wrote to the Detroit Zoo and asked yeah. about Homer the sloth because they hadn't updated his webpage in a really long time. And I was worried that he died because sloths only lived like 20 ish years and Homer was 23. So, like, Homer's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> but. I don't know anymore. Is he taxidermied? And like, it's fine if you are passionate about it, but like I would drop this in conversation, you know, yeah. and like <laughs> everyone knew that I loved sloths and would like, I, one of our coworkers bought me like a stuffed sloth. Like I even uh-huh. have it in my classroom because like it was literally just like this quirk that I knew people would find amusing and I knew I could play it up for laughs Right. And like, but it just not in like people who love true crime podcasts or like true crime crap are the exact same way. They'll just be like, I like like the gross stuff. And I'm like, have you ever stopped and thought about like what this really says about you that you are obsessed with Jeffrey Dahmer and all this nasty stuff? Uh Like, do you, should should we be doing that? Like Mm -hmm. that can be something that you listen to that you don't have to drop in every conversation. Right. Your obsession with it is, is, is unnerving. Yeah. Because it's just like, how empty are our lives mm-hmm. that we have to fill this space with these just asinine interests? Okay, so when did you evolve past, what was the revelation that pulled you past the sloth era and into, you know, a hatred for this exact thing? You know, honestly, it's when I started to play trivia. Okay. Because this is where I really... My, one of my pet peeves is people who, when they're playing a game of trivia, if they snatch the pen from somebody else or if they judge somebody's guess. Because mm-hmm. there's always that awkward moment in a trivia game sure, where no one knows what the answer is. Yeah. Everyone's just looking around wildly and everyone's just spitballing some guesses. Right. And there's always got to be the one person on the team who will look, doesn't have a single clue. 
Uh right? They don't know the answer, but they will look at another person and look them dead in the eye and go, no, that's not it. Um, How do you know that? Right. Also, we don't, okay. If Katie's going to go out and venture a guess on this trivia game and everyone else is sitting there twiddling their thumbs and just trying to look like they're thinking, like we see our students do all the time. Like I'm going to look uh-huh confused and like i'm really racking my brain uh-huh. here like it's right there it's right, right I just, at the tip oh of my yeah tongue. like 15 yeah. 22 i remember it like it was yesterday no totally. you don't no you effing don't right totally but there are those assertive like personality uh-huh. types that will just go no that's not it i know that's not it can't be that one then let let uh-huh. them let them have it yeah let them write the answer down i don't care yeah. if you don't like their handwriting they want to write it let them write it yeah Unless you know what the answer right. is, leave it leave it alone. And they're always the most overzealous when they do know what the answer is. They've got to be the one. They've got to be seen knowing what the answer is. So this was, this you equate to the... Just your dominant, yeah. yeah. You're just your dominant personality quirk, yeah. right? Because you force it on people. Right. Like, sloths are not naturally coming up in conversation. <laughs> you they know? are not. You're they're right. They're not. And Jeffrey Dahmer certainly shouldn't be. Right. Sure. And so it's, yeah. it is it is one of those things of like, you are shoehorned, and we always want to be seen, right? And yes. so it's, okay, how can I fulfill this kind of role that people want me to play and how I see myself? But at the end of the day, you need to read the room. Yeah. And yeah. it's just one of those things that we create these personas for ourselves and it's almost like we're walking around constantly with imposter syndrome. Totally. Of like, you're playing a part. I'm playing the role of Jessica yeah. in front of these people. And it's just such a disjointed, weird experience. Completely. And it, you know, when I was growing up, I remember always thinking every time I went to summer camp, mm-hmm. I'd be like, who am, what version of me? Right. Or like, And I would like craft that person yeah. before I went, yeah. you know? And I'd be like, I'm going to be known at camp as the girl who fill in the blank. Right. Whatever. Yeah. You know, but like I would have figured out this right. persona that I was going to embody. Sometimes it included a change of name. Yeah. Like I would be like, this summer I'm going to go by Cat. Oh. And I'm going to be known as the girl who, you know. Right. And whatever it was. And I would try so hard. And then inevitably by the like third day i don't understand people's energy and being able to keep this right up. like not to say like i'm so authentically me i couldn't do it but truly right. i just didn't have the energy or something it just right because you're overcompensating. like oh, oh i'm gonna be gosh, the yeah. quirky girl or i'm mm-hmm. gonna be the smart one and that's right. why i'm gonna really take charge in trivia yeah and i think as you get older you're mm-hmm. like no after they walk away from you, nobody cares about you. It's, you know what I mean? Truth. Like, they're yeah. not thinking about you. They're not yep. talking about you. You're not charming them into, right. like, taking up space in their lives. 100%. You're there in that moment, and then you're not. So you may as well just behave authentically in that moment. Yeah. And there was that one, like, work event that we were at recently. And I was trying to articulate this, but it ended up just sounding so gloom and doom. Because people were like trying to engage me in conversation. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I just want to sit here and exist. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And there's no way of saying that without being just the rudest person in the world. But I was like, I don't want to engage. I don't want to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. I just want to like sit back and observe and watch you guys all converse. But like, I don't want to be a part of it. Right. Which is this weird thing that started to happen to me more and more as I got older, like Mm -hmm. in my thirties too, because you stop. I think caring, yeah. you stop catering to the external view of yourself. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah, it just doesn't have the same weight. 
Okay, so I actually don't... Okay, let me translate this because I do want to ask you one quick thing. Yes. This, as we're saying this, um, the thing that's at the forefront of my mind actually is this Mm -hmm. idea that like I'm about to make a business out of myself. Yeah. And try to. Yeah. <laughs> Let me speak positive, like affirming the positive. I'm going to you be are making going to. Um, a business out of like me figuring out who I am. And then whenever I'm doing this thing and, and striking out, but like I am sort of the product. Yeah. I mean, my writing, my writing, our t- conversations, yeah. all this, I am sort of the product. And in order to do that, it's like, it almost does feel like you're supposed to figure out the version that you're selling to the world. And I just don't want to do that. And I, I, you know, you always see people talk about being authentic on Mm -hmm. social media and like that authenticity is, I don't know, but like, is that, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Because I, I, I just don't ever want to fall prey to what you just said. Well, I think what's notable about your journey right now is that you are on this journey to find the end product, Mm. right? Like you don't have this preconceived notion Mm -hmm. of where you're going to end up, who you're going to end up being, who you're going to end up meeting, right? Like you are not going on this trip because you watched Emily in Paris. Right. Right. And you now want to like live that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and you're just going to behave like she does, right? Like it's a journey of exploration, and of unpacking and reflecting. And I think that's really all we're all doing yeah. on this giant floating rock, right? right? Is just trying to like understand who am I? Why am I here? How do I fit in this like space and time? Yeah. And how do I enjoy yeah. the finite amount of time that I do have, right? right? Like that's, that's what everyone's doing. Yeah. And I think you're living out a lot of people's kind of deepest fantasies in terms of, not being tied down to what you know. Yeah. Because that's, it's really scary. I mean, you can attest to that better than anyone of to walk away from a sure thing Mm -hmm. and to know, like, I know my life here. I know all these things and to go into the unknown is daunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's a risk that a lot of us don't take and then end up regretting. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think as long as I, I mean, one thing that's, turned out to be really great. I would be lying if I said that I thought through all of this before I started. Yeah. I do love that I've called everything like, let's see. Yeah. Because it does, it does put it right out there that I'm not exactly sure what we're doing. Right. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what I have planned. Right. Um, And so as authentic as I'm going to try and be when I, you know, do all of this, it also is like, I'm not, I don't know where this is going to lead. Well, that's part of, that's what's, that is the authenticity because the curated vision of Mm -hmm. like, this is who people expect me to be. So I'm just going to play that up. Right. Is grating on a lot of people's nerves. Yeah. Right. Like we see that in authenticity everywhere. Yeah. Of, you what is it? Who was it? Aubrey O'Day that like photoshopped herself right, into yeah. other people's travel photos yeah. of just, well, I'm supposed to be a celebrity and this is what celebrities are supposed to be doing. Everyone's yeah. supposed to be in Italy. So here I go and post. Right. You're the antithesis to that. Okay. 
That's good. Right? Like I'm not doing this because I'm supposed to be. I'm doing this Mm -hmm. in order to find out. Yeah. And that's a huge difference. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, All right. Any um, final words of advice for me? Anything or just final words in general? I mean, like. I mean, I'm going to need you to produce a packing list. That way I can make a spreadsheet. Okay, please. Yeah, I I'm, need you to. Do I'm gonna. That. Yeah, you're probably gonna get an invoice from me with like things yeah. like, "Have you done these things?" Love that, and you can check them off. Just It'll be in a Google like Google, thing with yeah. their, the little sliding. Yes, uh-huh. I love love a Google. Gosh, you document. Love a Google Doc. I know it's not as good as Excel, and I don't care. No, I don't. The need way it you to use be. it is. I don't need it to be. Okay, I'm not getting in there and doing accounting. You know what? We're I'll, doing unit planning, baby. And you it's know what fine. I'll probably get from you? An entire folder, yeah. In Google Drive mm-hmm. with subfolders, right? And mm-hmm. documents in each. You're speaking my love language. It's getting I mean, hot in here. It's <laughs> steamy <laughs> for you. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here cold as ice because I'm like, oh god, another <laughs> it's filling you with terror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. Like the week before will mm-hmm. be its own folder. Mm-hmm. Things will be numbered so that mm-hmm. it's in chronological order. Day this is of. what I'm saying. When you're ready, we need to start a business together yeah it's just like we just need to do this because truly it it would be magic it would yeah it really would. i mean oh now i goodness. have now i have a place to stay in amsterdam exactly. amsterdam better look out amsterdam better look I'm gonna out come over there and it needs to plan accordingly i mean you just needed a year give I, me the school year, need, ma'am. ma'am 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 okay well i can't <laughs> wait to see what happens i know um well this was amazing I'm so glad that uh, you're here and we got to talk through all these things. Um, Are you sure there's not any final words you want to finish off with? Tell us about. No, not anything that I can think of. Okay, perfect. Well, um, I think one thing I'm planning on doing and trying to do is that anybody who comes to visit me in Amsterdam, I want to do a podcast when they arrive. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, um, or not, you know, after they get over the jet lag, but, you nope. know. Put them on raw dog. Yeah. <laughs> Suffering from jet lag. Best content. <laughs> yeah. You know, when people are just. What year is it? Let's right, do this. Right. Don't give them a chance give to get acclimated. Give me food. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do another, which I'm looking forward to. I kind of feel like you will be one of my favorite guests as a guest actually in Amsterdam because <laughs> um I don't know why but you're you're one of those people whose eyes I like to th- see things through okay like imagining you being there and looking around and like you know just I can just picture you just being like okay Katie like I and just I just already know like your observations are going to be so astute and so hilarious that like I cannot wait for that I look forward to the day I'm so excited I can't wait all right well that is it we have uh we're going to go ahead and wrap if there's um any questions you have don't feel feel free to just uh dm me at let's see experiment uh on instagram or Follow me on my website um, and see how to contact me and reach out, which is the let's see experiment.com. Thank you. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>